everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck. Today, it's a How I Got Here version of the podcast with two IndyCar drivers. We have Zach Veach and Dalton Kellett. They are both from Andretti Autosport. Zach Veach is, of course, in the Horizon IndyCar series, while Dalton is in Indy Lights. But they both happen to be in Portland, Oregon recently, and IndyCar reached out and said, hey, you want to meet up? So I said, yeah, sure. So uh, we all met up at a Stumptown coffee shop in downtown Portland, and I thought it would be kind of cool to do a little bit of a different how I got here this week. And so this was right after the news had come out where IndyCar's ladder system was potentially going to have a change, and that is that Mazda, which has been sponsoring the ladder system, is not returning next year. So there's some doubt uh, as to how the lower series would would go, whether they would just be able to get a new structure. Mazda had put up some uh, scholarship money for uh, the Indy Lights champion, things like that. So uh, that's obviously an important part of their system. I wanted to ask them both how they got to where they are and then ask them what they thought the future of the ladder system would be. So a little bit of a different format. Bear with me. And here is... My conversation with Zach Feach and Dalton Kellett. All right, everybody. I'm here with Zach Feach and Dalton Kellett, and um, we're we're gonna do like a sort of a double how I got here today, and we'll we'll just jump right into it. Uh, first of all, how are you, Zach? I guess. Doing great. Uh, this is my first time ever visiting Portland, and I'm already in love with the city, so I'm really happy to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, we are sitting in a stump town right now. Yeah, uh, you got the Beatles playing. Yeah, I mean, this place is perfect. It's a tourist <laughs> hotspot. Um, yeah, it's it's looking good. We got some little kids looking at us. They're like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah. microphones! See, it must be important." Yeah, um, no. <laughs> Dalton, how are you? Doing very well. Doing well. Loving, loving the city. Lo- loving the area. So, looking forward to being back here in September for the race. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to seeing, like, having a major race here because Sonoma's a 10-hour drive from here. That's the nearest track. Oh wow! Us, so. Yeah, that's quite a haul. <laughs> yeah, but um, so I wanted to to ask you guys first of all, um, you know, about your career path and um, Zach. We'll start with you. I understand a, a pastor played a huge role in your career path. Can you tell us how you got to sort of where you are? Yeah, of course. I think for a lot of people, you know, uh, I was four years old. I told my dad I wanted to be an IndyCar driver, and he kind of giggled because, like, you know, he wanted to be an astronaut next week. But I never <laughs> changed my mind. At the time, he was a national champion of truck and tractor pulling. So I was constantly traveling over the country with him. And it took me the next eight years to kind of get him convinced uh, now, I finally told him, if I don't get started soon, it's going to be too late. And that really hit a chord in his heart because hmm. he decided to quit his dream, sell his truck, his transporter, everything, wow. so we could afford to buy a go-kart and start racing. So I started racing go-karts when I was 12. Um, through some hard luck and things, by the time I got 15, I, I got contacted by uh, Andretti Autosport to join Sage Karam and USF 2000. So that was my start on the Mazda Road Indy. Um, two years in USF 2000, one year in Pro Mazda. Then I did two years with Andretti Autosport and Indy Lights, 2013 and 14. Came close to winning the Lights Championship in 14. Um, had a mechanical failure in, in Sonoma at the last race. It kind of took a lot of us out of it. Um, then 2015 was kind of the hard year because that's when I broke my hand and I didn't have the sponsorship. So hmm. I was sitting kind of on the sidelines trying to figure out how to be in the sport. So that's when I started my broadcasting career and got to work with IndyCar Radio and all of them. Uh, luck kind of came into it. Uh, Brian Bellardi kind of saved my life and offered me a ride in Indy Lights for 2016. 
another close uh, year. Wins almost won the championship, but came out fourth or fourth, I think. And then uh, 2017 was just trying to find money again, like 2015. So I was very lucky to, you know, I was at kind of the end of my rope per se, and mm-hmm. I was out of people to talk with, and I just had this gut instinct to, to call my pastor. You know, he he helped me through some other things in my life, and I was getting close to my deadline for the Indy 500, so I gave him a call, and he gave me the connection to a local Indiana businessman, and uh, three days later, I had an Indy 500 ride, and about three weeks after that, we were working up the paperwork for my first full year in IndyCar with Andretti. So, you know, there's a lot of dark, you know, there's a lot of times where I really thought this wasn't going to happen, but when you love something so much, you know, you take every bit negative bit and you just keep pushing, and I'm so thankful I did because now I'm, I'm getting to live one of the best years of my life. So how close did you ever come to being like, all right, this is just probably it you know i'd say this probably three three times um in 2014 after the indy lights year i was basically all but signed with andretti autosport we had a contract drafted up for my first full year of indycar and uh a week before testing uh the sponsorship fell through and it all went away so that was tough then i broke my hand i thought that was it for me and then after 2016 i really wasn't getting things in place to go indycar racing after that and I thought, well, you know, that was my, my last chance, but um, just didn't give up. And I think that's the, the key role. I mean, you just have to stay present in the sport. You have to stay around, and you have to take time to talk with every single person because you don't know who's going to be the person to change your life. Yeah, wow, that's super crazy. Yeah. Even a pastor can change your life. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. For racing, Divine yeah. intervention. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Dalton, um, how, what's your story in, in racing? How did you get started? Well, let me hit you with the most Canadian racing background you're ever going to hear. So I'm from uh, Toronto, Ontario. Okay. And the first thing I ever raced, I don't know if you know snowmobiles very well, but there's these 90cc two-stroke Arctic Cat little sleds called Kitty Cats for like three-year-olds. And some good friends and I, we used to race those on a frozen lake up in Canada around like an oval that our parents made out of milk boxes. Oh, wow. So that, so that was my first real race. And then after that, I didn't really do anything until I was 14. You know, I always wanted to race carts. Those kids that I raced the skidoos with, they uh, went off and raced go-karts. And I was like, hey, mom and dad, I want to go race carts with Gary and Ryan. And uh, after six, seven years of begging, they relented and kind of let me get into it when I turned 14. Um, and raced uh, go-karts in the Canadian, Canadian scene for a bit, went over to Europe, raced there. Uh, then moved into the F-1600 championship uh, in my last year of high school. When I went to university, I have an engineering degree, a degree in engineering physics from Queen's University in Kingston, wow. Ontario. I raced US 50,000 and Pro Mazda all through my bachelor's degree, uh, kind of bouncing between racing and school, and moved up into 80 Lights with Andretti uh, once I graduated. So, um, what's your what's your outlook now for you, and like, what do you what have you had to do to, to keep staying in the sport? Uh, well. You know, my outlook right now is obviously we're still focusing on the end of uh, the 2018 Lights Championship, but looking forward, uh, IndyCar is the goal and trying to put a program together for next year. Uh, I just partnered with uh, 1080 Education, a uh, Portland-based STEM charity. Uh, We're looking to kind of tie in an IndyCar program with... uh, with those guys so working on securing the 500 first and kind of move going from there so it's a prob- possibility that next year could be a bit of a piecemeal season maybe you know a bit of indycar racing maybe some one-off lights races maybe some sports car stuff so we you know of course if a full budget full year comes together then that's what i'll be doing but i think that's the more realistic uh, outcome right now 
So both of you obviously um, took advantage of Mazda Road to Indy, and, and as we're sitting here um, today recording this, it, it just came out yesterday that Mazda is not going to be sponsoring that anymore. So I guess there's you know sort of some doubt as far as what what that will look like in the future. Um, most of the people that are listening to this are NASCAR fans. So first of all, could you sort of just give us like a basic uh, overview of what Mazda Road to Indy is? Yeah, for for everyone listening, Mazda Road to Indy was the first clear-cut path for us young drivers to have a a path to IndyCar. So um, for me, I was a part of the first generation to ever be on the Mazda Road to Indy. I was in the inaugural season of USF 2000 and 2010. So USF 2000 was basically the first step out of karting, Um, usually, you know, about 15 years old. Um, Next step was Pro Mazda, which started out as Star Mazda at the time. Um, that's what I did when I was 16, or 17, I believe. Um, and then Indy Lights. And Indy Lights is basically college ball. That's the last step before you get to IndyCar. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, each step is so fundamental to learning. You know, USF 2000 is just kind of learning how to drive an open-wheel car. Pro Mazda, I feel like you kind of learn more of your craft as you get a little more downforce. And Indy Lights, it's all about understanding how to work with an engineer, how to work with a kind of a high-downforce car, and just learn everything else that you really need to kind of get that jump start into the IndyCar series. So without Mazda's participation, obviously we don't know what's going to happen as right. we're sitting here today, but how could that affect things for the IndyCar ladder system? I mean, it sounds like it's pretty crucial to have that, to have some form of that. So how could that affect things for the people that want to follow both of your paths? Yeah, I, I hope something comes in in a place, you know, it'd be great if we saw a manufacturer like Honda or Chevy, you know, someone who already has that presence in IndyCar come in to try to help the ladder system because I think everyone really understands how important it is. You know, we constantly have to have a flow of talent and, and new kids coming aboard. And I think people will see that it's successful. I mean, guys like Spencer Piggott, Gabby Chavez, myself, you know, we've all won different levels, and that allowed us to get to the next level and eventually get to IndyCar, and that scholarship as well. I mean, it helps a ton to get people to get their feet wet in IndyCar if you win an Indy Lights championship. So I really do think it's going to continue to thrive under a, a new brand, hopefully, and, and continue to grow because, to me, I think it's the best ladder system in the world. Hmm. Dalton, how do you think that... Like, is, is the way that you came up and the way that Zach came up, is that going to be the way that drivers come up, you know, five years from now, ten years from now? Well, it's hard to speculate that far in the future. Racing is obviously an iterative process. You know, we'll go through different iterations of support series and competition formulas and all that. But I think the big takeaway for me right now in this time of change with the Road to Indy is that, you know, the formula that Dan Anderson and their team and IndyCar, the, what, what, you know, what they've put in place here, it clearly works because, like Zach said, we've brought guys like himself, like Spencer, like Gabby up, Joseph Newgarden, you know, IndyCar champion. And I don't think, you know, yes, the name may change, and we're all grateful for Mazda and their wonderful contribution over the last nine years. But, you know, I think the that process, that methodology will probably live on because we know it works. We're not going to throw away a formula that works. I think we'll, it'll just be under a different name. I'm sure you get people all the time that ask you, like parents will come up to you and be like, hey, you know, I think my kid's starting to get good. Where do I start them? What, what's your advice to where to start a kid today? Yeah, that's that's always a tough question. You know, I think um, if I look at my career, you know, starting in go-karts is really a key way to get into it. That's 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 how I learn, learn all my racecraft, and that's where I grew, that's what I grew up racing. 
there's other avenues. You know, you, you could start at a racing school and then move directly into cars. You could start on the oval circuit, which I can't really talk too much about because that's just not my background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think whichever way you want to go, there's an entry point. There's you, you can get into the road racing. You, get, you can get into ovals all at that grassroots level. And even if you don't want to do it as a professional career, it's a great family activity. You know, some of my great, my best memories growing up were my, me, my mom, and my dad camping at the racetrack, having barbecues with our friends, and racing go karts. It was a lot of fun. That's really cool, Zach. What what do you say when people come up to you and parents, and they're like, you know, they might have a young kid who wants to get into it. Where where do you recommend uh, that they start these days? Um, for me, it's always been the Mazda Road Indy. I, I think you know, obviously, that is if they're in the karting ranks already. Um, if not, I've always, you know, recommended Yamaha Junior Sportsman because that's where I started. Um, but for, for the Road to Indy, it's just been nice to have that vision. And when you have success and you're so thankful to be an IndyCar, and I look back and I think, what else could I have done differently to get here? And it definitely wasn't a decision on what series to run. That, that's nothing that I would have ch- changed about my past. And I think each step taught me a lot granted i think i learned the most in indy lights that's kind of when i came into my own and started to thrive a little as a driver um but it's the whole journey that taught me everything i needed to to be successful in any way so um obviously we're sitting here in portland so i i'd I'd be remiss if we didn't mention portland a little bit i've been personally looking forward to it all year since i live here and i won't have to travel so but um you know, obviously, this is a new race for you guys, and uh, everybody's going to be coming here Labor Day weekend. Like, how much have you heard about the track? Do you know much about the track at all? I just what I've watched on YouTube in 2007, basically. Uh, I'm very lucky. I'm one of the few that actually get to test here. I practice uh, on Friday this week, and I think I might be the first person to run the new IndyCar here. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun just to try to figure out what we need to do before we show up as a team but from everything i've heard from past engineers past drivers you know i know max pappas is one here um it's all positive they said it was a very fun racetrack it was challenging and i think with the new generation of indycar that we have we're going to have our hands full and the fans are going to have one heck of an exciting race hmm. dalton do you know much about uh this track or have you heard things about it at all I can echo Zach's sentiments. You know, I've, I've I've heard reports from older drivers that have raced here that they really love the track and that it's fast and it's fun and, and it's, it's exciting. Most of the races that were here were kind of before my time, so I you know I never watched any, any of them live. But I'll definitely be studying past race broadcasts, trying to get on the simulator, practicing, and I'm I'm really excited. You know, the last couple of days here in Portland, we've heard some good buzz about the race. It sounds like the town's excited, and we're looking forward to seeing all the fans come out. Interesting. Well, thank you guys so much for for joining me and um, sitting sitting here listening to a little bit Beatles. And I, I don't know if people can hear it on the podcast or not, but it's, you know it's relaxing. So thank you guys, I appreciate well, thanks it. Thanks for having us. It was a great suggestion. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Thank you to those guys for taking some time out of their Portland visit to meet me in a coffee shop and do a podcast with people looking at us kind of oddly. Um, I enjoyed doing that. I I do want to note that um, pretty much right after that, or I think even later that afternoon, IndyCar put out a press release, and they're talking about um, how they're going to strengthen the Indy Lights program. So clearly, uh, that's that's not going to be going away by any means. I think it's just a matter of, um, as Dalton said, trying to get probably a new sponsor in for the lower series that lead up to that. I'm interested to hear your feedback of this double edition so shoot me a note on Twitter 
or email me at jeff at jeffgluck.com and let me know if this is a format you would like to hear more for this podcast in the future or if you'd like to just stick to one person and their stories. So coming up on the next edition of the podcast, it will be a podcast talking about Michigan International Speedway as well as the Knoxville Nationals. I'm actually in Knoxville, Iowa right now as we speak recording this and um, we'll be here through Saturday night where the main event of the basically the, the Super Bowl of sprint car racing is being held. Then I'm going to fly home, dash back home, uh, get there hopefully in time to watch the Michigan NASCAR race, and we'll do some sort of a podcast from there as well. So that will be the next edition. And then coming up after that, uh, the 12 questions next week is going to be with William Byron. So stay tuned for that as well. Anyway, thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.